It is time for us to hear God's word. It's time for us to hear God speak to us. Whenever I have an opportunity to speak the word of God, I I shudder a little. And the reason is not far-fetched. The reason is because every time God speaks to his church through an individual, then there is a greater expectation from God for that individual. And that's why the Bible encouraged that as much as possible, many of us should not be teachers because they who teach, their judgment shall be stricter. And that's what the Bible did say, that you who lie, you who tell men not to lie, do you lie? So, this morning, I have a very sacred responsibility that comes to me with serious responsibility, even to ensure that my Christian service is, a, is, a, is acceptable before the master who called me. I'd like us to prepare our hearts as God speaks to us this morning. Shall we pray together? Our Father and our God, thank you because, Lord, it has pleased you to use this ordinary clay to speak your word. Not because I am better off. Not because the matter that will be said I have overcome in its entirety. But because it has pleased you to Use me so that you may also instruct me. I beg of you this morning. Let no single man, let no single woman who will hear the word this morning return back the same way he or she has come. That is my prayer. That you will pass across this assembly this morning. You will save lives. You will change lives. And you will instruct men. Thank you, Lord. Take the glory and let your name be exalted. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. This morning I'll be speaking on God's expectation for Christian service. God's expectation for Christian service. And in the, in the process of planning, staying in God's presence... I flipped through a few scriptures and I discovered that over the scripture, the Lord used some professions, some professions in explaining the kind of service he would want his children to offer to him in his house. Some of those professions the Lord used in the scripture is the profession of a, of a soldier, the Lord used a soldier using the concept of an army, of the army. The Lord also used an athlete, athletes, using the concept of athletics. The Lord also used farmer, using the concept of agriculture. And the Lord also used servants, using the concept of service. And in looking at this, the Lord would want to speak to us today from that scripture we read in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, when we are talking about Christian service, we are not talking, we are not addressing the pastors alone. 
neither are we addressing the deacons alone. Oftentimes, we may mistake it to mean that whenever the Lord is talking to people who are ministers, then God is addressing the pastors and the deacons. But that's not true. If the church will get it right, everybody in the church should be equipped for the work of ministry. Everybody in the church should be able to function in the office of ministry because every one of us should minister in the house of God. And that is why in Ephesians chapter 4, from verses 11 to 13, the Bible was very clear about it. He said, it was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers. So we take this to mean the pastors and the deacons for the concept of the Baptist church. In verse 12, the Bible says, what are they supposed to do? In verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And in verse 13, the Bible says, that until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when you talk about ministry in the church, every church member should be a minister. Every church member should be a minister. God has appointed the fivefold ministry the ministry of the prophets, the ministry of the teacher, the ministry of the pastor, the ministry of the evangelist, the ministry of the apostle. God has chosen the five of them to equip every other person in the church to become ministers that we may do the work of service in the church. So the people we are addressing this morning is not the pastors alone, it's not the deacons alone, but of course the word of God will be coming to me also, but it is to the church at large so that everybody we know that there is an expectation from heaven concerning you, concerning myself. And this morning, because I am not a soldier, I have decided to go outside and seek the expertise of a soldier. To say, when the Lord was calling our attention in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and calling our attention that we should endure hardship when he was saying we should endure hardship when the master called our attention that no man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier what was the back what, what are the back what was at, that's in the mind of God when he was saying that and I said let me speak with somebody who, who worked in the army let him tell us what are the core values of a soldier. And he will say this very briefly. He's one of us. I didn't, I didn't go to Dodan Barak, if he still is. I didn't go to Dodan Barak. I didn't go to Asurok to get anybody to do that. And I decided to get one of us. And he will tell us, maybe in two minutes, what are the core values of a soldier. Please, General Jibadi, please help us. Please, can we have a microphone? Just give him so that he can help us, so that we can, we can have a base upon which will rest this conviction very quickly. All right, sir. Please, you can come, sir. Uh, thank you, Reverend. Um, good morning, church. 
I think um, I'm very happy to be here with you because I think I spent 37 years in the military and I've retired for 11 years now and I've been able to see both sides of the, of the coin. And um, I would like to talk like this, that the constitution of Nigeria gives the soldier a responsibility to defend the territorial integrity, to be in aid of civil authority, to be able to uh, carry out any other assignments as may be prescribed by the National Assembly. And to be able to do that, you need to possess certain qualities. I mean, you imbibe certain core values because the Nigerian core value is what a soldier should defend to be sure they are not um, tampered with and that we can do what we want based on our constitution. So, based on that, we need to talk about um, there are about six core values that a soldier uh, first, to be a soldier, you will be loyal. Loyalty is primary. And in the military, we say that um, you are loyal to your country, your nation first, the considered authority, your men second, the last, your, your men, and then yourself last and last all the time. Okay, so number two. Number two, number two is discipline. Okay? And then the third one is integrity. If number four is selfless service. And number five is courage. And number six, respect for others. All right. So, thank you. No, and number one, you said loyalty. Loyalty. The second one, did you say discipline? This discipline. Discipline. The third one, you said? Uh, integrity. Integrity. Yes. The fourth one, you said what? Selfless service. Selfless service. Then the, the fifth one, you said what? Courage. courage. And number respect six, you said for respect others. for others. Thank you, sir. God so, bless you in Jesus' you. name. Amen. All right. Now, if, if these are the expectation of a nation, if these are the expectation of a country from the soldier, and the Lord is calling our attention that we should also endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. Now, let us look at the scripture. Now, in verse 2 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 2, the Bible was very clear when they called attention to it, he said, and these things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to who? Reliable men. Amen. The Bible says, and trust it to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Now, when we say somebody is reliable, what, what other synonym can we use? Can we probably say faithful men? Can we probably say loyal men? Can we say people you can trust? Are we, are, that's, are we together? Now, if the Nigerian government, if the army world over is saying that one of the core value of a soldier is that he must be what? He must be reliable. He must be faithful. And now the scripture is also calling our attention. So I may think that maybe they even got it from the scripture. May think. The Bible calls our attention to loyalty. It says commit it to faithful men. Commit it to people who are reliable. Number one point I want us to know that is God's expectation for Christian service is loyalty. God expects us to be loyal to leadership. God expects us to be loyal to our fellow brethren. God expects us to be loyal to him who called us. You see, when loyalty is destroyed, there is nothing a man can do. Even when you are speaking your language, people are just saying, we know him. When a man's loyalty is questioned, you can't leave knife in his hand and turn your back. 
When a man's loyalty is questioned, questioned and questionable, you can't commit your food to him and not tell some and not detail somebody to be watching him because you can't trust the person. Now, in God's service, God expects that he should be able to trust us. God is always in search of faithful and loyal men who he can commit himself to. So in the act of service in the house of God, we must always know that we are answerable to God. We all are answerable to a command, just like in the army, the soldier is answerable to a command. So we also, we are all answerable to a command. We must be loyal to the very end. Even when we think that what we are being loyal to is not even working in our favor, we must be loyal. Uriah had in his hand a letter. And when Uriah was handed over the letter to take to Joab, when Uriah gave Joab the letter, I know that military men, soldiers, are intelligence officers. And I know that they can decipher a thing even without coming close to it. As you are talking because of the kind of nature, of nature of their job, they already know where you are getting at. They know where you are going to. And they can begin to imagine what is he trying to do. And I feel, I feel, I feel my own allusion because the Bible did not say clearly, but I feel if we must understand the scripture very well that it may be possible that Uriah, with the letter that David gave him to give to Joab, he would have been wondering, something is definitely wrong. Something is definitely wrong. But when he gave Joab the letter, and Joab read the letter, and Joab said, I'm taking you to a place. Now, the place he took Uriah to, is not a place where soldiers should go. But because my master said I should go there, I will go there. Now, he knew that where he was being taken to, is capable of bringing him to an end of himself. It's capable of killing him. But because you say I should do it, I will do it. In Christian service, we don't listen to the voice and the dictate of men. But if the Lord is saying we should do this, we must do it. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. In the matter of Christian service, it is not about what we want. It is not about how we want it. It is about what the Lord is saying. And if the Lord, to whom every one of us must answer to, is saying, I want you to do it like this, then we must do it like that. Uriah carried the letter that killed him. Even when he was seeing that this was going to be the end of my life, he said, because my master said I should do it, then I will do it. In Christian service, everybody must come to an end of himself so that Christ can come alive afresh in a man. Anybody who is still full of himself cannot do Christian service. You know, it is when we are full of ourselves that when anytime we say, a homie, do you know, do you know how old I am? In God's service, it is not a function of how old you are. In God's service, the function of what is God saying. Uh, do you know how long I have been here? No, in God's service, it's not a function of how long I have been here. It's a function of what is God saying. Do you, do, do you know what I've achieved in life? No. Some people will say, a whole me, a whole you. Is there anyone you left at home? The matter we must ask ourselves is that a whole you is what? I have seen the whole you. Is there anyone you left at home that we didn't see? In God's service, it's not a function of a whole me. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Loyalty. Anybody who will do God's work and do it very well must be loyal. Loyal to the end. Even when death is coming, he's still loyal to the end. Number two, I saw in verse three what the Lord is calling our attention to. And I think I did hear General Jibade say it. In verse three, the Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardship, endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. I may say, to endure hardship will require personal courage. To endure hardship. People of God, it is not easy to suffer. If you know what suffering is, some people who have suffered, 
they know that suffering is not the same thing as hungry. To suffer is not the same thing as hunger. To, for you to suffer is, is terrible. Because if you are hungry, you can eat tomorrow. In short, you can eat, you are not only satisfied. But when a man suffers, everything about him will suffer. When you see him, his shoe will be swearing to God. When you see him, he will not wear suits, he will wear coats. When you see him, when he's moving, you will not know whether he's going forward or he's coming backward. Because as he's moving, the air is blowing him backward. The man is suffering. When you see suffering, you can dictate from the life of man, this one, this one has seen better days. The Bible says a good soldier of Christ who must be ready to suffer. Christian service is not a place of pancake. I told them in night video, I said, when God, the, the one bad thing with the church is that we have changed almost as many Christian, Christian songs that should be sung the right way. We have changed it. Thank God for wonderful music ministers that God is giving us this day, of which we have one of the very best. And God is helping us to call attention to what we should do well and do rightly. We sing again and again. We say, today, oh, help me sing it. I will lift up my voice in praise. Help me sing it now. Oh, yeah, oh. I am not hearing you singing, for I know, Shay, you know, you are always there for me. He is always there for you. Almighty oh, God, you are my all in all. Oh, yeah, sing it now. Did you hear your neighbor sing when success come my way? Did you hear your neighbor sing that? That's not the original song. That's not the original song. But some people who feel that life is not, suffering is not part of life, they have changed it. They say, these people, they are demonic. How can they bring suffering to church? Suffering is part of Christianity. It is part of what we prepare. Without test, there's no testimony. Without pain, there is no gain. Without shame, there's no fame. Without obstacle, there's no miracle. Without nothing, there isn't something. Because everything was created from nothing. Just the spoken word. And some of us have changed it. And the Nigerian, and, the, and any army you see, and any soldier you see anywhere, learns to face fear, danger, and adversity. Have you imagined how Boko Haram is ravaging Nigeria? How many of you have gone to help us fight? Mr. Eshet, you have gone to help us fight. Each time I wonder what Boko Haram is doing, and I see the Nigerian army fighting these people, fighting them to a standstill, I wonder, how many, with all the boldness I have in preaching, if they enlist me today that I should be a Nigerian army, I will say, look, I have retired. I'm old. I've gone to retirement age. But it's not easy for me to go see death, and I'm there fighting. Some Nigerian and some soldiers have not returned back home for months. Why? They are fighting the dreaded Boko Haram. Personal courage. Personal courage. And that's what God is calling us to do in his house. Everybody must have personal courage. Enduring physical duress and risking personal safety. But in the church today, we have people who look for their personal safety. When it is about me, when they are, doing, they are talking about me, you support it. When, they are talk, when they're not talking about you, you go against it. You are not a good soldier of Christ. A good soldier of Christ must be ready to endure, endure physical duress and go through risking his life even for personal safety. Build your personal courage by daily standing up for what is honorable. What is honorable? Stand for it. Personal courage. Never give up. 
The Nigerian soldier will never give up. I say this to the glory of God, not because I want to praise any man. I, the Bible said, Paul said that I glory in my weakness because when I am weak, then is the strength of the Lord made perfect upon my weakness. This person you are seeing here, I have failed and failed and failed. Anybody who has failed as many times I have failed, the person needs to be checked spiritually, academically, in every area of life. I have failed many times. I wrote Wayek many times, I failed. I wrote GCE. Only God knows how many times I wrote GCE. I wrote GC, wrote GC. In short, I wrote GC to the extent that even my, my younger brother, my younger, even my younger sister's mates caught up with me in school. I, I wrote Wayek, wrote GCE to the extent that I'm sure if Wayek had their way, they would have been using my name as the one they use as example in front of every Wayek booklet because I have failed and failed and failed. I failed to the extent that people who I went to the same school with in secondary school, they graduated from the university. They still met me at home and I was still at home looking for admission. First year, I was at home. Second year, I was at home. Third year, I was at home. Fourth year, I was at home. Fifth year, I was still at home. After secondary school, people who finished with me came back, met me, graduate, me, applicants. Applicants not for job, applicants to enter university. I suffered. They will ask them, which university are you? That one say, I'm in Unical. What about you? Uni, uni, uh, Uniport. What about you? I'm in Unilag. What about you? Unilorry. What about you? OAU. What about you? I'm in, I'm in Unizik. What about you? Unimate. What about you? I'm in IK, what about you? Who school are you? I said, me, I'm in uni home. What are you doing in uni home? Studying food and nutrition. Where is the school? Around the corner. Because in my mother's spot, I was eating and enjoying myself. Others had gone to school. I was still at home. But I told myself that though I fall seven times, I will rise again. I told myself that failure is not defined by how many times a man falls, but failure is defined by how many times a man falls and refuses to rise again. So I told myself I must carry within me a personal courage to tell myself that those who give up, they don't last. He who fights and runs away will live to fight another day. And to the glory of God, I wrote the exam. I, I, I do not wish to bore you with whatever happened, but to the glory of God, I am where I am now, and I give God praise for what he has done in my life. And I tell you something, and I say it clearly, that anybody who wants to be enlisted in the army of God to do service for the master must be one who is ready not to give up. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. The third thing I saw in the scripture, I saw it in verse 4. In verse 4, the Bible said, no man that warrants. Let, let's do no one serving. I love the word no one serving. No one serving as a soldier. Every one of us can see that and we can relate with that. No one that is serving as a soldier. Now what does that call? What, that, that's, what does that call our attention to? It calls our attention to duty. No one who is serving as a soldier. I pray for you that you will not be a soldier. You will be a soldier that will be on service. You didn't hear that. I said you will be a soldier that will be on service. You will be a soldier that is serving. You know some people, they are better off as substitutes. Some people, no matter how much you have them, the best thing you can use them for is to play reserve. They are always on the reserve bench. Even you can play three, four, five, six matches, you will not play them. You only play them when you know that your team is leading 4-0. And it is like five minutes to the end of the match. You know that no matter what they do, even when they come in, before they score two, three goals, in short, if they score two, three goals, you, re you remove him again. When you just brought him in five minutes to the end of the match. I pray for you, you will not be a player 
that will not be in service in Jesus' name. But in the church of God today, we have many people who do not pay attention to duty. But I'm praying for you that by the special grace of God, you will walk and do the work of the master in Jesus' name. The sense of duty extends even unto death. Even when this will take my life, as far as it's for God, I am ready to do it. I'm ready to go the distance. I'm ready to do it for God. I'm ready to walk no matter what it is because this is my duty. People of God, when I look at the American soldier or the American army, we have watched a few films. We have not taken time to know what and what and what and what they have done. But I see the American soldier fighting. And when they are fighting and they kill any of them, even, in the, even in the, on the war front, I see them carry, I see them carry, I see them carry their soldier. And they say they must return, they, the person must return, be returned back home. We will not leave our dead soldier on a strange land. And I wonder, is the church doing that? For the church is not the same. The church is the only institution, as it were, that kills her wounded soldier. The moment somebody is injured, we say, let's kill him. Let's kill him. He would, he, that's, you, are, you are as strong as your weakest link. This one is a weak link. If we continue with him, he will bring us down. People of God, the duty that is upon you and I as a soldier is to help those who are feeble. Is to help those who are weak. Every one of us cannot be operating at the same spiritual level as everybody. So every one of us must come to a point where we know that our responsibility as a people is to know that we must help those who are coming behind us. Even when they are injured, even when they are weak, even when they are dying. What did the Bible say? The Bible says, strengthen that which remains and is about to die. We must come to a point where we know that we must help one another. Back then, when you see Yekini, Rashid Yekini, on the field, what that informs us whenever we see him on the field is that, ah, Nigeria will win. We will win. Because once you see him on the field of play, you are almost sure that he's going to score at least one or two goals. He, him being on the pitch gives an assurance that somebody will score goal today. How can people see you that way? When you are in the, on, when you're on the pitch or in the field of play, doing service for God, can somebody identify you and say, ah, this one will do something great for the Lord. And that is what the Bible is calling attention to, that any man who is on service, I pray for you and I, that by the special grace of God, we will do great service for the Lord. And people will know that we are doing service for the master. The fourth thing, I discovered the fourth expectation of heaven concerning you, you and I. is also in that same verse 4. But the later part of verse 4. The Bible says in verse 4, please, audiovisual pause. It says, no one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian activities. People of God, what are those civilian activities in your life? What are those affairs of this life that is eating up your life? What are those activities that are stifling your relationship with the master? All those activities, the Bible says, anyone who will be a soldier for the Lord, he must not get involved in civilian activities. What are those civilian activities? A soldier knows what he should do and what he must not do. A soldier knows what he must not do even at a particular time. And as Christians, God is saying to you and I, that if we will be soldiers in his household, we must never, as it were, entangle ourselves with civilian activities. And what do I call this? 
I call this I call this selfless service. And I'm sure I heard General Jibade say that one of the values of a soldier is selfless service. You will not entangle yourself with affairs of this world. Go and ask Saul. Saul will tell you that it was at the point at which he began to entangle himself with the affairs of this world that he began to miss it. The Lord told him, son, what you must not do is that you must kill everybody. But when he began to pay attention to things, he began to see things he wanted. They said, kill everybody. He said, no, these ones, I want to use them as sacrifice. What is that thing that has entered your eye and has changed your focus? It is an affair of the world. Go and ask Samson. Samson was the most anointed man, as it were, even in the Old Testament. Samson was anointed even before births. Samson came with huge and heavy, massive anointing. But the point at which he began to entangle himself with the affairs of this world, he saw a woman and he could not remove his eyes from a woman. And because he got carried away with the, with the affairs of this world, he missed it. Go and ask our brother, brother David. David was obviously set out to do God's purpose. But the point at which he left his duty post and began to get involved in the affairs of this world, he saw a naked woman and he could not remove his eyes from looking at a naked woman and he asked for her and even after sleeping with her, he killed her husband. At that point, he was, as it were, removed from duty. And you know what the Lord said? When even what David was supposed to do, the Lord said, your hand is filled with blood. You cannot, as it were, build a temple for me. It is your son that will build the temple for me. People of God, you can go and ask brother Esau. Esau was the firstborn of his father, Isaac. But at the time of blessing, because he has already sold his birthright. How did he sell his birthright? Just because of food. There are some people, when they see food, they can forget their surname. Some people, when they see food, they can kill somebody just because they want to see food. All those things, they are the affairs of this world. Is it money? What is the money? Is it, is it enjoyment? What is the enjoyment? All these things, the Bible calls the affairs of this world. No soldier, even when a soldier has stayed away from his wife, even when a soldier has stayed away, as it were, from his family, remember what the Bible made us understand about the life of Uriah. Even when Uriah was away, David felt, very simple way, go, and go home. He knows that he has been away from his home for too long. But Uriah said, no, sir. My master, Joab, is at the battleground. Do you know, sir, that the armies of Israel, they are fighting there. Ah, sir, even the Ark of the Covenant is in the open field. Sir, I know what it means to be a soldier, even in the army of Israel. One of the core values is selfless service. Thank you for this joy you want to give me. But, sir, I must be selfless to the very end. People of God, anybody who will matter before God must be a selfless human being. They may not give you what you think you deserve. It doesn't matter. Our reward does not end here on earth. I am, as I'm here, I am not looking for any reward here on earth. I am looking for an opportunity that will open door for me to do better things for the Lord, even so that God will open doors for me to make heaven. Anybody who will be a soldier for the Lord, who will matter before the master, must be one who knows how not to entangle himself with the affairs of this earth. A, a soldier will be ready to take bullets for his master. If you want to kill a boss and the AD camp is there and they are trying to shoot, the AD camp will take the bullet. How many of you can act in such a way that you are ready to defend the gospel even with the last drop 
of your blood. Let us stop the me, myself, and I syndrome and let Christ come alive in us. The Bible says Jesus himself made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a servant. He died the death on the cross. Death that was reserved to crim for criminals. He took it and he died for us. Finally, in that same verse 4, I saw something that left a knife on my appetite. And I saw it in verse 4. The Bible says that he wants to please his commanding officer. You know what I call that? Integrity. And I think I had the General Jibade say integrity. Everything we are doing here is to please our master. People of God, if you are still thinking of pleasing somebody, a pastor, a deacon, somebody, you have not started service. Any service that is not unto God, for God, and for the glory of God, is no service. Any commander who is doing to make people happy on the war front will never be promoted. Because the only way we can make progress in this service is to please the master. You must do what is right, whether legally or morally. Let's please the master. People of God, let's remove our focus from man. Let's remove our focus from what we see that is temporal. And let's begin to think about how to please the master. Who obviously is the one who enrolled us into this service? When you see a soldier trying to control traf traffic, is there anybody who can flaunt the law? Is there anybody who can flaunt the law? Maybe a soldier is trying people, stay, stay here. Where are you going? Are you going? Do you think anybody will go the other way? A soldier is there. Ah, People have said that when a soldier slaps you, you will start sweeping the whole of Oshodi without anybody telling you to sweep. When a soldier is standing, telling you to do like this, do like this, everybody will naturally behave. That is what God wants us to do. That as Christians, we should come to a point where when people see us, everybody will naturally behave. Some of us, it is when we enter that people begin to discuss what they should not discuss. You are not yet a soldier. A soldier is somebody that when, a soldier for Christ, somebody when he enters, even when people are committing sin, when they see him, everybody will begin to behave well. That is when you are a Christian soldier for the Lord. Are you, are you, are you someone that anytime people see, they say, ah, exactly, there's something I've not told. Do you know? You are not a soldier for the Lord. And God's expectation for you is that you change. A soldier, naturally, we set order. Whenever a soldier is talking, everybody will listen. Because a soldier standing alone is a mark of integrity. It's a mark of honor. He said, go here, you go there. Go here, you go there. Even if you didn't hear very well, you will stop. say, where did you say I should go? Because you don't want to make mistake to go the wrong way. Because he will slap you and your life will arrange. How many of us as Christians, our looking at us alone can make people arrange their character? How many of us as Christians, when people look at us, they will say, ah, let's not do it all. Brother, this is here. Or is it when they see us, they open the cans of worm? You are not yet a Christian soldier. A Christian soldier makes people do what is orderly. A Christian soldier makes people do what is right. And we have come to a point in this time of our life when every one of us should begin to make people do what is right. Right, both legally and morally. I stand to gain nothing if I make you do what is wrong. Every one of us should make people around us, in our homes, make them do the right thing. That is integrity. You know, it is easier. So people will say, ah, Ike, ah, no, don't go there. Ike will not agree. That is integrity. Integrity is the eyes that see in the dark. Even when everywhere is dark, integrity will see through it. As we get ready to pray. Do you know what the Bible says in verse 5? 
In verse 5 is what the Lord answered to. The Bible said, similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. What are the rules? The rules are as we have been saying it since morning. Loyalty. Do you want to win the crown? Be loyal. Do you want to win the crown? Go and stay at your duty post. If you don't stay at your duty post, who do you want to stay there? Go and stay at your duty post. Do you want to win the crown? Be courageous. There's so many battles to be fought in this world for me to die with only one battle. I can't give up because I failed yesterday. If I want to win the crown, I won't get angry because just after 200 meters, just after 50 meters, I am number four. Because if I increase my stride and increase my pace, it is possible. I can come from number four to number one. So I must have that courage. What are the rules? The rules are that you must be selfless. What are the rules for those who will compete and win? Not only being selfless, but integrity. Let me tell us, the world is fast coming to an end. Very soon we shall see the Lord. And the Lord will come to take his saints home. And by then, every one of us will know what we have done here in the flesh. Because if the Lord comes, then the Lord will separate the sheep from the goats. He will set some to his left and some to his right. By then, it will not be the testimony of you about me. It will be the testimony of heaven about me. When the Lord comes, then he would see my service, not as a pastor, but as one that he saved. And he will qualify me to enter his kingdom. Can we bow our heads? as we talk to the Lord.